1983, Norman Bates was released from a psychiatric facility where he had spent the last 23 years. Following a brutal series of murders, he had committed while in a disassociated state. Returning to the Bates Motel, the murders began again, and the survivors of his previous spree were quick to call for an end to his release. Today on the podcast, Norman Bates, Psycho 2. Welcome to Absolutely True True Crime, a deadly serious podcast. As always, I am Claire and I'm joined by my hosts, my, my fellow co-hosts, not my hosts, Brad and Tammy. You yeah. don't belong to me, guys. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not hosting you. It's not what <laughs> I do. Hello and welcome to Claire. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Clairecast. We're. Uh, this is about me. I'm real excited to be hosting today as we uh, <laughs> as we present Claire. <laughs> Very tired, guys. Very tired. Well, I hope mm. that you're you're up to discuss this one. We're um, been been studying my law books all night. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. You gotta. You gotta. Maybe, should, maybe you should check into a, a delightful roadside motel oh boy yeah we're gonna we're gonna be talking about uh murder 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 we have not uh we we try to not talk about murder every episode but it does come up and that's one of you know this just happens to be one of those episodes and we are going to talk about norman bates in Mm. uh yeah and the podcast versus norman bates and the documentary um well, there's actually documentary series uh, about uh, Norman Bates and, and the various cases against Norman Bates. So yeah. this is um, Psycho 2 is the documentary we watched um, to discuss these particular cases. But uh, I definitely would suggest if you'd like to kind of learn more about Norman Bates, there's... Um, other psycho documentaries out there there's so many there's a lot yeah and then yeah. there's also um they made a whole series a, a docu-series called bates motel uh back in 2013 um so 2013 i think to 2017 so yeah. it went on for a while uh and and that really is a very deep dive into the history of norman bates um it I thought it was well done, so uh, that's also something to check out. But again, today we're going to focus on Psycho 2. So, um, any history that you guys have with this case that you guys want to talk about real quick? Um, I've seen the documentaries part one, two, and three previously. I don't think I've seen part four, but I, I can't remember. And I'd seen a follow-up documentary called uh, Bates Motel, and then I'd also seen the. Um, the TV series Bates Motel, and I'd also read the book um, that the first documentary was adapted from. Oh, wow. And I'd been on the... Um, uh, um, uh, to one of the uh, filming locations. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see the um, the 1998 version of uh, the original documentary? Because they remade the documentary. Oh, I did, yeah. I saw that, that version as well, yes, yeah. I uh, forgot about that one. I think a lot of people have. It's not often you get, like, a remake of a documentary. True, true. Kind of weird. So, yeah, I, I, so I've seen all of them, I think, apart from maybe part four. Tammy? Um, yeah, I primarily have watched uh, the first documentary, the second documentary, and the docu-series that was in 2013 through 2017. And there was, um, you know, we have here in Orlando Universal Studios, which 
is part of the Universal like film, you know, company, and um, so a lot of these some some of these documentaries that we cover on this podcast um, were housed in some of like some of the filming background images and some reenactment scenes were filmed on some mm-hmm. of these backlots, and so. Uh, at Universal Studios, they had what appeared to be, at least from the first Psycho documentary, kind of in a reenactment set of what the um, bathroom uh, was. I think they didn't they the use shower. it in like some of the the forensic work. They did. They did use it in some yeah. of the forensic work. So, uh, but that's that's no longer there. They've actually removed it, and um, I believe what was replaced. Closed. Uh, the psycho documentary set has been the um, set of the documentary series of Shrek. So that's oh. an interesting series. There's a lot of crimes in that series. Uh, yeah, we don't wow. have that series um, primarily because of the way it was filmed. Uh, Brad would have a lot of trouble watching it, so we yes. don't have that mm-hmm. on our list. But um, if anyone offline would like to talk to Claire and I, who have both watched that documentary series, yeah. um, we're more than it's a pretty to. harrowing kidnap case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, primarily. I mean, and also, that case also goes uh, deep into, like, a monarchy who is trying to take land from people. It's, it, there's, it, that case goes very deep, but we're not here to I talk mean, about I mean, I'm English. Yeah. I totally understand yeah. that. I mean, I mean we're not, we're not my here. heritage. Yeah, and, you know, to bring Brad into it, since he was unable to watch the series, uh, there was a musical made of that series, and so mm-hmm. uh, Brad has, uh, has uh, learned about that via the musical, so. Indeed. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, that's that's all about the universal uh, backlot that exists. So, th- yeah, they use those uh, that set for, you're right, for forensics as well. That's just to kind of give people an in. You know, we're not the only uh, true, well, we're the only true true crime podcast out there, but we're not the mm-hmm. only true crime based podcast out there. And um, people are really into true crime. And so, yeah, if they can go visit a set of, of uh, or a place even where a reenactment was created created people do it so you know it's true um you know universal right now you can actually go on a ride mm-hmm. based on the family uh, oh yeah the fast yeah. and mm-hmm. furious documentary series yeah but you know who doesn't especially we, we talked about it in the last episode but that family has really gone from from criminals to heroes and so oh, yeah. Who, yeah who doesn't want to be part of that family now i want to be, be celebrated yeah so yeah. Down with that. All right. So, but yeah, so, okay, cool. Then we, we've all got various levels <laughs> of entry points into the, the Psycho documentary series. But um, yeah, for this this one, we watch the second one um, or we'll focus primarily on the second one. So just a, a quick recap of what happened in the first one. Do you, how, how many murders was uh, Norman Bates involved in in the, the first one? The first oh, scenes. that is a good question. Um, two, I believe. Because um, I feel like it was more of a spree, which usually is a couple there. And then... I think it, it was well, at least two. It yeah, was he's, uh, he killed, he's, Marion Crane and... Um, Max Loomis, yeah, yeah, um, yes, Sam Loomis. Sorry, not Max. Sam Loomis. Uh, and then uh, that's three. Yeah, and then he killed Sam Loomis. Oh no, no, he didn't kill Sam. Okay, yeah. In my mind, he did, because Sam Loomis is terrible. Okay, sorry. Uh, (laughs) Shots fired. (laughs) I think this judge is biased. Well, um, it's Mary Loomis's father. 
yeah. Sam, Sam Loomis does not appear in this documentary, and I was okay with that. Um, yeah, but he did he did kill his mother, so he was a poisoner from a young age. Yeah, he killed he killed his his mother and uh, her uh, her boyfriend. I don't, did they ever marry? I don't think so. I don't think they did. Um, yeah, and so in that in that first psycho documentary, you do find out um, how mentally unstable Norman Bates is. He had killed his mother, and then he uh, basically just had her watch over him, and he could hear her voice in his head. And when he did murder Marion Crane, for instance, he dressed up uh, in a wig um, like his mother. Or did he? Sorry, I didn't know who that was. <laughs> Better not be mother. I think, it was, I think it was my mother. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, Sorry, what was that? Oh no, no mother, I'm recording. Okay. Oh thanks. no. <laughs> yikes, yikes. Um, and also, uh, I think uh, later on we learn that there are, are other murders in between, but just, we're just talking about the documentaries in particular at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think mm-hmm. I think there were other murders before, after, and there's other events, but uh, to streamline it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because and if you watch, like I said, the docu series Bates Motel, there's definitely a lot of murders in that. So, um, but anyway, I just wanted to give you a quick recap. So that was um, in what was that 1960 uh, that, yes yeah 1960 that took place. Mm-hmm. um and yeah at the end of that uh, um norman was arrested and eventually taken into psychiatric care yeah mm-hmm. not charged no no well, charged not- charged but found not guilty by charged but found not guilty yeah due to yeah. insanity yeah so here's something i found interesting so now let's let's go ahead and jump into psycho 2 here um so this is 22 years after that the murders uh, in 1960, and he's overcome his delu- Norman Bates has overcome his delusions, and he's finally accepted that his mother's actually dead. And he wasn't convicted of the mur- murders because he was found guilty by reason of insanity and put in psych- psychiatric care. But they're releasing him because they now deem him mentally sound. Is that does that happen? <laughs> does that happen? I just I you know because reason of insanity is. A very hard thing to get convicted of, like sure. to mm-hmm. you know, it it's practically. I'm not saying nobody has has uh, ever it's not been very found rare. guilty, but it's mainly very because, very rare. Yeah, mainly because our criminal justice system is wildly punitive. Exactly. Yeah, and you can't. They don't find putting someone in a mental institution is apparently not punitive, which the way our mental health system runs yeah. in the U.S. at least is punitive. But anyway. Yeah. I um, mean, honestly, I think most crimes should like yeah. probably should be labeled as not guilty by reason of temporary insanity yeah yes absolutely yeah. yeah because it's not i mean unless you are like deemed an actual like men- mentally deemed a, a psychopath then i feel like yeah you probably have went insane it's not necessarily murder is not necessarily something a sane person someone no. all in their right mind would would do the the idea like the idea of of imprisoning someone the idea should be to remove them from society for the sake of of their own and society's benefit. Yeah. Any any time we're keeping someone locked up as punishment is insane. Like that's 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 a childish. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that shouldn't be done in a modern society. 
Yeah. It, it and, served and a if, purpose. And if we, like, you know, did something crazy, like legalized drugs and made them safe for people to use and inexpensive, then um, honestly, uh, most cases would not actually happen. Our, our prison system would practically be empty, so... Yeah. So we can't have that. We can't have that, apparently. No, no, no. Um, and if we got rid of uh, um, cash bail, um, yep. half of our jails would be empty as well. Exactly. So, yep. uh... <laughs> <sighs> what would all those wonderful police officers do with their time? <laughs> <sighs> okay, so, anyway. <laughs> Get so pissed off. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, so it's already hard to prove that, that whole insanity plea, but then, like, to have it over... I guess it's considered overturned. I don't know how that works. I guess that's why well, I'm, I, I I'm think, trying to find out. Yeah. No, I, but I think the idea is that he's like, once you are reformed and once you've, you know, overcome your psychological issue, assuming it's not, you know, a long term, yeah. you know, mm. permanent condition, like eventually, like, this is what should happen. You should yeah. be released yeah, back yeah. to society. Yeah. yeah, I guess just because it rarely, if ever, other than this case happens, I was so confused. I was yeah. like, oh, you know, that's that's how life works, and I don't think um, it normally does work out this way, which is how it's like to your point, Brad. How it's supposed to work, it yeah. doesn't usually. I think do. also because it's the '80s, we have uh, the Reagan era of like um, you know taking away a lot of the institutions. So there's probably just a, a push to try to release people just because yeah, there's no longer just the funding. free up space. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's true. True. So Marion Crane's sister, Lila, is the widow of Marion's former lover, uh, Sam Loomis. I, so, you know, she's she's been touched by the Norman Bates case in a lot of different facets. Um, I'm going to say hates Norman Bates, loathes him, really dislikes him. Uh, <laughs> but she is protesting Norman being released, but her pleas are dismissed. As as they should be. Yeah. Like, I'm, so, I'm sorry mm-hmm. for your loss, but also, like, seek a grief counselor. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Your, your, your pain isn't justification. Yeah. For someone else's torture. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, if it hadn't been for Norman Bates, you would not have a husband or child. So exactly. He brought he brought you together. Yeah. I mean, you would be you plus a sister, him. but like I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, she wasn't that great a sister. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. uh, we do have. Um, you know, so Norman is is released, and I mean, he goes back to the only place he knows, which is the Bates Motel, where he where his residence was, and it was against the advice of his doctor, Doctor Bill Raymond. But I, what I find fascinating is that um, the the house. And the motel have apparently, while he's been institutionalized, the the, the state is basically high, is, is basically hired uh, like staff to to run it. So they're yeah. basically operating his property, and yeah, I, I guess making profits off of it. Yeah, which maybe that's another reason why they're releasing him now is that maybe they're not making as much money off of the motel as it's kind of fallen under a, a bit of a seedy ownership yeah mm. or seedy management that is well seedy ownership the government you know <laughs> so <laughs> true they are the ownership yeah the, the seediest is the seediest uh, they are the seediest <laughs> um so yeah so but yeah I, I thought that i was like wow okay well i mean i 
I understand where his um, his doctor is saying, like, maybe going back to the place where you had your, your uh, mental breakdowns and murdered someone, maybe not the best place to go back to. I get it. But also, like, where you where... suffered lots of torment by your mother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's just yeah. like, where do you expect him to, to go back yeah. to? Yeah. Um, so anyway, he go he goes ahead and goes back there, and then um, they've also prearranged for Norman to work at a nearby diner where we meet Emma Pool Spool Emma Spool, who also works there. I mm. I like I I do think it's I, I'm glad that they are you know once he's being released. I, this doctor's great, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's checking mm-hmm. in. He's he tried to get him to stay somewhere else. He set him up with a job, mm-hmm. but I like he does have a motel. Like I mean, he he has a job. I do agree that he needs to be around other people probably to socialize yeah. and not just be alone in that space again. Sure, but like I mean, he does already have a job and an income. Yeah. Yeah. So he does it. Maybe this job. Well, I guess, like you said, Brad, this job is more about socializing and no. being part of society and not being this business that's like on the fringes of, you know, town, I guess. Yeah. I think maybe group therapy would be. Oh, um, he should a definitely better. be in group therapy. Because yeah. I also feel like like working at a diner, like food services, uh, like if we want to avoid stressors. <laughs> yeah, also, probably I would not, say that not the, the the previous mu- the murder of Marion Crane um, used a knife, and now he's working at a diner. And the kids with knives. Like you can't live in the world and just avoid knives. I don't think that's. I possible. know. I know. But I'm just saying that's a very knifey place to work. It's <laughs> true. I've always said that, Brad. You have always... It's are... a weird thing that you've always said, but... <laughs> but I have always said it. True. There's a, there's a yep. lot of uh, chefs and stuff in the world with knives as tattoos. So I guess you're right, Claire. It's a very knifey place. <laughs> it's a very knifey place. Um, yep. Don't know if I've ever heard it put that way, but sure. Yeah. Uh, so... You're welcome. <laughs> There's also a young waitress at the diner uh, who goes by Marion Mary Samuels. Yes. Um. She's. Uh, we find out that she's been thrown out of her place or her boyfriend's place. She was living with her boyfriend and he threw her out. So no- Norman offers her to stay at the motel and then extends the offer to his home when he discovers the motel's new manager Warren Toomey uh, has been using the motel to deal drugs. So, um, I mean, yeah, I, okay. okay. So here's, here's the, I understand this is the eighties. It's a different time. And we'll, we'll discuss some things that uh, come out about Mary Samuels, but uh, I just watching this documentary, I'm like, no, you can't stay in his house. (laughs) That's no, this this all sounds bad. Like maybe don't stay at that motel either. Like just don't take offers. (laughs) Like Mary's very young. (laughs) Just like don't take offers from older guys who just got a, out of an institution. <laughs> like oh, maybe you're, you're, let don't him take, integrate don't back offers, in society. Maybe. No. Don't take offers from your brand new coworker. Yeah, like, yeah. I all enjoy- of this is not. <sighs> it's not comfortable. Mm-mm. Um, but do you guys want to jump into who Mary Samuels really is, uh, real quick, and and talk about because we? I mean, I don't. There, there's no spoilers or non-spoilers here. We're discussing the whole documentary in this yeah. case, and a lot of people already know about mm-hmm. this case. So yeah. Um. So she's going by Mary Samuels. Um. But she's actually Lila's daughter. 
Yes. Um, and Lila and Mary, they basically have this weirdo scheme going on, which they is... a weird relationship. Yeah, they have a weird relationship mm-hmm. together. Oh, well, yeah, but this, like, mother-daughter relationship, right? They argue, but they get along, but they're working on things together, but they also argue all the time. It's, you know, I, I wasn't as bothered with their relationship, but the, the fact that both of them have this, like, really horrific, cruel scheme. Oh, yeah, this scheme is awful. Oh, yeah. It's awful. Yeah, so the scheme is they are going to dress up as Norman Bates's mom and get him to go insane again. Yeah, drive him to insanity. Yeah. I, just why would you do this to another human? But I think because they think he's not changed, so it's more proving that he he's still insane rather than driving him so to insanity. It did make me think of something, and um, Claire, I know you you have stopped watching this docu series, but uh, Brad and I have really dug in deep on this Chris Chan series and the oh, trolling yeah. that happens of that guy mm-hmm. and. That's what I mean. Honestly, this is what it kind of made me think of. Is I'm like, why would someone do this? Why are people I like don't this? Know. But that's that's. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So yeah. So <laughs> all of the Chris Chance stuff is on YouTube, and there's so much. There's yeah. so much, and it's yeah. very depressing. Yeah. But there's like you, a 59. That's why part, I had to uh, stop watching it. 59 um, part uh, documentary series on YouTube. It is wild i think i've got like 10 left i think i'm started in the 40s somewhere i don't know where i'm at yeah you may be ahead of me am i i don't know i don't know it's been a while Um, i fell off okay okay i i only i limit myself to watching one one day a week at most (laughs) because it is very depressing um so but yeah so i so Brad and I having talked about that documentary series, like we're just like, what is going on in these trolls' minds? Like these yeah. people that are trolling mm-hmm. Christian. Like what I would like a series on those people. And in this, we kind of do get a little bit of the whys of why Mary and Lila would be doing this. And again, as yeah. mentioned, it's because they just don't think they're they are uh, judge, jury, and executioner. <laughs> is what they, they really are. are. Um, they are li- they are literally case closed fuck off yeah they are literally yeah. case closed fuck, fuck off and so they have just decided that Norman Bates should never live in society again which is not their choice or their right or anything in between but the way mm-hmm. that they're gonna get around that is by driving him to the point of insanity where he has to be rehabilitated again which is just sick it's really sick yeah. mm-hmm. um like i is, is if if your thieving sister had lived is this what uh is this what she would have wanted yeah <laughs> your degenerate <laughs> thieving sister <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah so this whole thing is like uh early in the documentary you are made aware of mary samuels again we see this whole thing of norman really kind of going out of his way saying you can live at my place you can live in the the hotel you could do all these things um only to and obviously where you know like if you're watching documentary and you don't know 
the story of this case, you'd be like, why is this young girl so keen to yeah. live with this yeah. guy? But obviously this is part of her and Lila's plan. This was their yeah. plan to for her to get in the house Just so sick. they sick. can gaslight him. Yeah. It's really disturbing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the documentary, there's still a lot of questions about For sure. oh, yeah. how all of this works. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a very strange. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got Warren Toomey who has been running the motel and, and like Brad said, uh, kind of a, a seedy, seedy manager, um, was dealing drugs at the motel. I, I think at one point he even references the motel as like an adult establishment <laughs> or something yeah. similar to that. And it's like, yeah. I feel like drug dealing is not the only activity going on in this hotel. Well, they have pornographic <laughs> ashtrays, so... <laughs> Yeah. Um, Norman does fire him. <laughs> um, and yeah, that doesn't go over well uh, for anyone no. involved. But so Norman tries to assimilate into society and it, it it seems to be going well. But then he starts receiving mysterious calls and notes from someone claiming to be mother at the house and at the diner. Again, we realize that Mary and Lila uh, have been doing at least some, if not all of this. At least some of those calls. Yeah, yes. at least some of the calls. And I would think since Mary's working at the diner, even though um, uh, Emma is also working there, and we'll talk about Emma in a sec, but, uh, but I feel like the notes left at the diner specifically are probably from Mary. I, I, mm. I went back and looked at that, and I still can't really? figure out how that worked. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I just kind of thought that's there's a I I do f I feel like Mary and Lila did a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Not that they did everything, and they couldn't have done everything. There's just no way. And no. then we do find out uh, some more details later. But uh, I do think that they went out of their way to do a lot of terrible, terrible things. Because they even had like the 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 outfit and the wig and the knife and all of that like hidden at his house oh yeah which is wild like that's a long con <laughs> and then some definitely um so you never done that <laughs> No, no, I haven't. I haven't, guys. Uh, so during a workshop, I mean, I'm just saying. When I stayed at Brad's, I hid clothing of his mum's to dress up in under the floorboards. Brad, hmm. I thought you might have found that by now. Oh, well, I would have had you sent off to uh, um, um, a senior citizen center, as I did with my own mother, <laughs> where she rots to this very day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so during a work shift, uh, Warren Toomey comes in, he's drunk, he picks a fight with Norman. Um, Norman suspects him of leaving the messages, because Norman is already starting to like, I mean, not that he's starting to lose it, but he's like, what, why would someone be fucking with me, you know? As, yeah, as, he's paranoid. Yeah, he's paranoid. So he for, thinks, for, for reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he yeah. suspects it's Warren um, Toomey. Uh, shortly after, there's a figure in a black dress that comes up and stabs Toomey to death um, as he's mm -hmm. packing to leave the motel. Um, and it was not Elvira. No, Elvira, my queen. No. Uh, uh yeah, she's, oh, I love her. <laughs> becoming, um, you know, well, Mary acts as she's very sympathetic to Norman and his fight to keep his sanity. And so she says she'll take up residence at the, as a, in a guest room at the house. It's mm -hmm. really 
you know, I there's part of me that wants to believe Mary does kind of care a little bit more for Norman. Like, she gets to know him yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But also, I'm just like, nah, you were still in this. So, uh, I don't know. Mixed emotions about Mary. But yeah, so... I don't think she cared. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I think she cared more than Lila, her mom, but that's not saying much, so... Mm-hmm. Okay, so Warren Toomey, murdered. <laughs> Dead. Um, mm-hmm. Should we talk now about... Let's talk about Emma Spool. <laughs> yes. Sure. Little old lady Emma Spool. So, she wouldn't hurt a fly. She would never hurt a fly. But she would hurt humans, so... Yeah. Yes, yeah. Different different strokes for different folks, I guess. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Emma Spool uh, is at the diner. Um, older woman. We find out uh, that Emma is Norman's real life blood mother. Because well, Norman kept saying he was getting calls from his real mother. Yes, and which confused Mary because. His mother was dead, but he kept saying his real mother. She said he, she was his real mother. Yeah. So it's unclear as to whether this was Lila doing these calls or like how much was Lila and Mary and how much was Emma. Yeah. So it turns out that the person that Norman thought was his mother or grew up as and being tortured by someone who was calling herself his mother was really his aunt. Is that what it was? Was it Emma's yeah. sister? Yeah. Um, so that was his aunt um, because Emma was uh, young at the time and also was um, institutionalized herself at a, at a young age. Yeah. Um, we can go into more in that because um, that's mentioned more in the third documentary, but we'll, okay. we'll get to that at the end. Okay. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. because if you guys could share, because I've not seen yeah. it, so. But yeah, so uh, that is already just layers, like, that's very traumatic to find out all of that information. Um, and while we never see all of the murders on screen, which I am grateful for, even in a reenactment, I'm not interested. And I do think some of these reenactments reenactments were a a little gruesome you know they're based off of crime scene photos and that kind of stuff but it's like Mm -hmm. yikes yikes Mm -hmm. yikes um but yeah so we don't you know there's it's always a shadowy figure that's doing a lot of these murders but the assumption Mm -hmm. is uh these murders are happening by emma spool yeah um was she she must have been spry for an old lady yeah because yeah, I don't. She's an old lady. Yeah. Because I don't. Very small, a very small old lady, too. A very small, tiny old lady. S M O L. Small, for sure. <laughs> small. <laughs> She's small. <laughs> um, yeah, and. Because I don't, and, and again, please share your thoughts, because, I mean, I'm just basing it off of this documentary, this documentary alone, but. Even though Lila and Mary were terrible humans, and we'll talk about a murder that was committed that did end up being Mary's fault, I don't think that they were murderers. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's I. That's the I thing. This, this documentary. This documentary is very. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot. There's a lot of holes in this documentary, yeah. and there's some. But I think there's a lot of holes in the case. Like they yeah. just, you know, nobody like just like you know Norman was institutionalized. He technically was never actually committed or convicted. I should say he was committed for sure, but he wasn't convicted for these mm. murders. Like I feel like the police. I I know this is going to be shocking to hear, but we're terrible. 
terrible at their jobs and just did not do a good job of really following up on this case. And I think they were very quick to just blame certain people for things instead of actually looking Mm -hmm. at... And that is... Uh, unfortunately for us who have to live in the u.s is so normal if they Mm -hmm. if you get wrong say someone gets wrongly convicted in the u.s right so they did not commit and and we'll we'll just say it's murder they they did not actually commit this murder but they get convicted of it and set in prison if later on it does come out that they did not commit the murder they can be released from prison and it can be overturned but the police do not actually have to reopen that case they can still consider that case closed and they never Mm. have to do anything else about it that is completely legal in our country. Yeah. So to me, that's what happened in this case and why there's a lot of holes. Because mm-hmm. I really think mm-hmm. that the police just closed the case. They've never looked back in it. And as a documentarian, they can only do so much with the information mm. that they have as well. So True. Um, so it's kind of us up to us to kind of determine, like, I, did Emma kill these people? Did Lila kill these people? You know? Yeah. Um, well, that, that even goes back to the the i the first documentary mm-hmm. i the like it mm-hmm. takes a lot of work for the cops to really even begin to give a fuck about investigating yeah. yeah. uh, marion's murder like there's a, they have to go to en- enormous lengths to get them to even begin to investigate norman mm-hmm. it's it's wild to me it's just wild um, they just don't care. No, no. I know what happens is if okay, so they they have like a certain case closing percentage rate that they're you know targeted to meet, like any capitalist job that you have to meet your targets, mm-hmm. and that's the same thing with police, which is terrible that they're civil servants and they have some kind of weird quota to meet. Um, instead of just being like, is the community safe? That's should be your job. But it's not. It's solely not their job. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, I'm going on so many tangents, but I really fucking hate the police, and That's I okay. hate this. Huh. I hate our prison system, and I hate the way our government runs things. And this case just brings all of that up. Um, but yeah, so they they have quotas to meet. So if they can keep a c- case closed, then they still technically have met their quota. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they can't. Not that they can't reopen the case, but they choose not to because then it fucks them up. Well, yeah, because why? It's yeah, just exactly. yeah. Yeah, one, they'd have to do more work. And two, it fucks up their quotas. So yeah. it, there's no, for, for the police, it is, there's no positive in reopening a case, which mm-hmm. is sick. It's sick. <laughs> like, it's just. Yeah. It's uh, which, gross. So mm-hmm. to jump back in here. Yep, please. Um, please. <laughs> do we even know the name <laughs> of this young couple? Oh, yeah. So there there's a young couple. No, I don't think we know the name of them. They were just a teenage couple. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so Norm- crazy. Norman name is has, renovating the motel. Out. He hears voices in the house. He he goes up to his mother's room and it it hasn't changed in the 22 years, which is so bizarre. But I mean, I guess what are they going to do, right? But there's no change in the room. Um, he goes into the attic because he thinks he hears something. He gets locked in. So someone locks him in the attic. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, there's a couple whose names, yeah, I'm not, I don't think we know um they sneak into the cellar but they they are teenagers so it's possible their names were never put in public Maybe, yeah yeah um but yeah so they sneak through the cellar window to have sex they notice um a female figure pacing in the next room and as they try to climb out the young boy is stabbed to death the girl escapes and tells the police um which how terrifying how terrifying mm-hmm. 
So uh, Mary then finds Norman in the attic and he shows um, her his mother's bedroom and uh, only... That's weird. What happened? I just find it very strange that he shows the mother's bedroom. Yeah. Because it's like, not only is it like, hey, this is my dead mother's bedroom, which is weird. But also, it's this is my dead mother's bedroom, who I murdered. Well, he doesn't. He, he doesn't want her to go in. Like she forces her way into. Yeah, her. yeah, yeah. That's true. I forgot. Yeah, um, the sheriff does finally arrive and questions them about the boy's murder. Um, but Mary claims that uh, they were out walking together at the time. And mm-hmm. after the sheriff leaves, uh, Norman gets on Mary's case for lying. He says he he fears that he may have again. Norman having mental health issues now is starting to think he may have killed this kid. Yeah. Um, and Mary told him that makes the attic that, was I feel unlocked. really bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's no. just, and he oh, was locked in the, the attic, but Mary had told him that the attic was unlocked when she found him. Yeah. yeah. Well, because yeah. he fell asleep and when he woke up, it, the door was unlocked. Yeah. Which yeah. before, previously he, you know, um, when he had his psychotic breaks and his mother took over, um, you know, he, he didn't remember what she did. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's, I just, it's all just so sad. And and again, because there's so many gaps, it's like some of this we're hearing from Norman's point of view. Um, uh, so it's also like what, what truly, truly happened to, you know, yeah. with these murders, who killed that teenage boy? And then cleaned it up. And like then every- cleaned mm. up. Yeah. Um, I it might have been, by the way, the teenagers might have been Josh and Kim, maybe. Okay. Oh, okay. I'll accept that. <laughs> and if not, yeah. it is now. <laughs> That's their name now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they seem like some Josh and Kims. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, they seem like a real bunch of Josh and Kims. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so who do you, you know guys... how people say about Karens and Darrens? Well, they're they're a pair of Josh and Kim. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so who would have not only murdered this teenage boy but also cleaned up? Because again, when we talk about Emma, she is elderly, she is tiny. I mean, I could and see she's her. Working and, she's a, and she's yeah, working at a diner. She's got a job. Yeah, full time, full time yeah. job. Um, can can every, why does everyone have like like two full time jobs? Yeah, because I I do wonder if this one was potentially Lila because of where they were at, and isn't that the same space where the uh cost the costuming the mother's costuming was in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know. think Lila. I mean, I have no proof. Yeah, that's. I the, think right? Lila did kill. I think this wasn't all just down to. Yeah, Emma, yeah. I mean, here's the thing, like, this property, um, we haven't really mentioned this, is, like, backed up to a swamp, and that's where the bodies are always disposed of, and it's just Mm -hmm. really easy to just, like, lose a body (laughs) in that uh, swamp. Yeah. Yeah, whoops-a-daisy. It's, it's kind of wild. Like, we should just, they should just uh, get rid of that swamp. Like, let's fill it in with concrete. Let's do something. We can't have that swamp. Yeah, yeah. Um, so after the, so later on that evening, Mary and Norma, they find the bloody rags stuffed in the toilets. Whomever did the cleanup really didn't understand how to get rid of a rag. They tried to flush it down the toilet. Yeah. Um, the summary of this documentary says Norman is horrified. I'm going to let you guys know I was horrified too when all of that Mm -hmm. started backing up and it was everywhere. It was really fucking disgusting. Yeah. 
Um, but Norman thinks he was horrified because he thinks he really did potentially murder someone. But Mary told him she said, no, you're, you're definitely innocent. Um, and when she leaves to go check on the motel and, and kind of leaves Norman behind in the, in the house, uh, she is surprised that her mother is there. So um, they do confirm at that point that they have been making phone calls and leaving notes and even posing at the window dressed as Norman's mother. So they've been doing some weird shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. But that's the other reason that I'm like, I wonder if Lila killed that kid because... Mary didn't even know Lila was there at the hotel. Mm. So I, I just think Lila did a lot of sneaky shit behind Mary's back, too. I think so, yeah. I mean, they're gaslighting Norman. I think she was gaslighting Mary as well. Yeah. I mean, and Mary did weird stuff, too, because, like, okay, so we know that Norman was locked in the basement, had went into his mother's room, all the, or locked in the attic, excuse me, um, went to his mother's room, and then the room had changed. Mary had done that. I still don't know how they did that. Well, how? I mean, I guess because he was passed out, so he had seen it at one point one way. And then- but that would take ages to do that, to move all that stuff. Well, that's why she locked him in the attic. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And all of it, again, attempt in an attempt to drive Norman into insanity. Like, the levels, the levels of trolling. <laughs> it's like it's, insane. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, um, but Mary is actually starting to become friends with Norman. And uh, she doesn't actually believe he's capable of killing anybody anymore. Mm. And she thinks someone else was in the house pointing out that Norman was was really locked in the attic when this kid was killed. Um, Lila, I guess, doesn't believe it. I really think it was Lila who killed that boy. But anyway. (laughs) I think it was. (laughs) Um, Norman is already freaking out. He's having a a full-on freak out and he's just he doesn't want to leave his room he says uh he saw his real mother in the house to your point claire this idea of a real mother Mm -hmm. uh mary admits to norman that his sanity is beginning to erode and stays to comfort him so she's like okay i don't don't know if i would be comforting this i don't know I, I find her her way of comforting. I keep hugging him, and I don't know. I just yeah, I find this this whole relationship is very strange. I I really chalked it up to her age. See, she seems very yeah. young, very naive, and mm-hmm. you know, easily manipulated by her own mother. And I don't think she yeah. understands. I mean, well, it was the 80s. Like, nobody understood properly about mental health. So I just don't think that she understood um, how to take care of someone in this situation. Yeah. And she's also trying to soothe her own, like... Yeah, I guess. You know, she's trying to make she's herself... guilty. Yeah, she feels very guilty. And she's she's also trying to make herself feel better. Like, if I help Tammy, this guy... Tammy, has your mm-hmm. daughter ever referred to you as mother? Mm, not that I... No, maybe. I, I doubt it, though. I doubt it, because that'd be strange. Uh... That would be strange. Wait, but, what? But sometimes, but sometimes she does, so... <laughs> oh, okay. Just keep an eye. Wait, it would be strange if she called your mother? Instead of, like, mom. <laughs> oh. But she does okay. sometimes, so... <laughs> don't, I don't think I've ever referred to my mother as anything else. Well... <laughs> mother. Because typically that's... Uh, for most people, it's a, a term used when it's not a caring relationship, so that makes complete uh-huh. sense, yeah. Brad, So... <laughs> Yeah. Case closed. I can't can't imagine Josie calling you mother. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine calling my mum mother. Yeah. Weird. I can't either. I can't. (laughs) 
I mean, obviously, I just call her Mumsy, you know. Oh. Mumsy. <laughs> Take your twatter and get out of here. <laughs> Claire says things to us sometimes that I'm just like, that's not a word, Claire. <laughs> Claire, like, listen, I know Claire claims to live in the UK. I'm pretty sure Claire lives in Candyland. <laughs> like, <laughs> sometimes the words I use are real, and sometimes they're not. <laughs> uh, it's a game for you to guess. Oh my god. Bizarre. Um,. Okay, so Norman's doctor, Dr. Raymond, he discovers Mary's identity um, as Lila's daughter, and he tells Norman that the two of them must be the ones harassing him. So, you know, immediately this doctor figures it out, and he's just like, okay, this is not healthy or helpful, and it's really actually terrible of them to do that. This doctor's a hero. Yeah. Um... He also, because Norman, of course, is having like these feelings that his mother's alive again, to calling him, leaving him notes, and he doesn't want to believe that. I think that's part, right? He doesn't want to believe that this person who's befriended him is also the one tormenting him. So the doctor yeah. goes ahead, and um, I do think this is really next level, but he has Norman's mother's body exhumed <laughs> to prove to Norman that it's not haunted by his mother, which I was like, if anything, that would prove it. it is a haunting. It's his ghost mom because <laughs> there's yeah. her dead body. <laughs> um, so Norman is only partially convinced, saying that the one behind everything must be his real mother, despite there being no record of him being adopted. Uh, Norman confronts Mary with do- what Dr. Raymond told him and she says that she's given up her part in Lila's ruse but Lila her mom will not stop Mm -hmm. which is very concerning and the way that Mary is so concerned about it I was like yeah she could kill people yeah Um, she absolutely could kill people yeah uh, while Lila is there, she's actually like kind of freaking out because I think she knows that the gig is up. And so she goes to retrieve the mother costume from the cellar and a figure steps out of the shadows and murders her. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I would think. She looks very surprised. Yeah, I would think this is Emma's pool. Because I also would be surprised if an old lady murdered me. <laughs> so. Definitely. I wouldn't. I don't <laughs> trust those olds. <laughs> Wow. Um, Also, at this point, the police are finally doing some work and they're dredging the swamp and they find a car with uh, Toomey's body in it, in the trunk. Uh, Mary runs to the house to try to convince Norman to to run, but Norman answers the phone instead and starts speaking to Mother. Yep. Mary listens in, but she doesn't hear anyone on the line with Norman. And while Norman debates with Mother about her command to kill Mary... She runs to the cellar and dresses up as mother, complete with the butcher knife. Well, her Uh, plan- That's the best plan you got. Yeah, it really, it's the only plan she has, right? Which is like, okay, well, if he's gone over the edge, then I can dress up as mother. He's going to see me and he's going to think that, you know, it's me. And so that's what she does. And she's like, whoever you're talking to the phone is fake because I'm clearly right here. So you need mm. to hang out. And it's he not doesn't like she, see it. He just looks yeah. straight through her. And it's yeah. not like she yeah. could run out to the swamp to the police because the police are already like blaming her for for everything. Yeah. Yeah. So while she's, I mean, just bad timing all around. But while she's dressed up as mother, Doctor Raymond shows up. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, he's gonna be like, oh, great, this this lady's really 
Not only does Dr. Raymond shows up, Dr. Raymond shows up upstairs. So yeah. Dr. Raymond yeah. snuck in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, did he creep in the window? Like, wow. did, like I, I know at one point in the documentary we see that, like, the cellar doors unlocked. Are, like, all the doors unlocked? Can, yeah, like, I think anyone everything. just, like, wander into this house? Yeah. Apparently. I feel like the 80s we were starting to at least lock our doors, but maybe not. <sighs> um, you know, the 60s in the original documentary, I was like, if things were open, like, I could see that. That's sick. Sure. Different time. But the 80s, I was like, I feel like we started locking our doors by then. Ah. Um, a lot of a lot of murders on the loose that we all of a sudden knew about, that we knew were out there. <laughs> and the people in this house especially know a lot about yeah. murders being yeah. out there. Seriously. Some of the people in these houses are murderers. <laughs> this is a murder house. You think Without if anyone knows about house. murders, it would be murderers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Dr. Raymond gl- grabs Mary from behind thinking he's caught her in the act trying to you know drive Norman to insanity and then she starts fighting and sh- like she turns around shocked obviously because she was just grabbed from behind and she stabs him in the mm-hmm. knife or in the heart with a knife not in the knife that'd in the be, knife she stabs and she, she takes him in the his knife heart with and then heart. stabs the knife Ugh. with it <laughs> oh god yikes mm. uh, yeah so uh it's it's wild he falls down the stairs and then the knife of course goes deeper into his body oh god yeah that was really terrible yeah because before that like i was watching this documentary i was like oh maybe he'll be okay oh no (laughs) yeah no no there's no that knife gone straight through his heart yeah and then some possibly out his back i don't know it's really maybe it it even like flew out his back and Blew out the building. Like, yeah. Knows. This leaves only the sheriff as a um a competitor in the small tie competition. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of guys oh, with no. short ties in this um, documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so when Norman sees uh, someone dress as mother standing over Dr. Raymond's bloody corpse, Norman basically snaps at that point. I mean, it's just, it's, he's I too think that him. was, yeah. 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 Uh, and he it kind of like goes after Mary and Mary backs into the fruit cellar um, and stumbles on Lila's body. Well, that's not quite how it happened. Like basically she's stabbing Norman, but like not trying to hurt him, but trying to like stab like him enough. Like baby stabs. Yeah, to like kind of keep him away but he is not keeping away he is just going after her and um when she she goes into the cellar um there's like a pile of coal there and she Mm -hmm. starts stumbling on the pile of coal and as the pile of coal falls her mother lila uh the dead body is revealed um which is disturbing as fuck so that's that um she of course assumes norman's responsible so she raises her knife to kill him um but as she's about to kill him the police come in and shoot her dead mm-hmm. uh yeah. don't ask questions nope and the ensue the in- uh, ensuing investigation is inconclusive <laughs> <laughs> but in light of an overheard argument between Mara, Mary and Lila, Mary's attempts to kill Norman and her dressing up as mother. I mean, really just unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Really, that was that was the tipping point, unfortunately, for Mary. Um, the police just go ahead and say Mary probably killed everybody and yeah. just blame everything. Again, it's one of those case clothes. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> And um, even if there's other evidence to prove the case should not be closed, we're not going to look into it. So Um, later on, Emma goes ahead and visits Norman and informs him that she is his real mother. 
Um, and that that and he's not surprised to no, for her turning up no. either. He was expecting her. Yeah. Because he knows. I mean, if you were watching the documentary without knowing the case, you might think, well, is this other mother in his head? Was all the murders? actually committed by Lila and Mary did he imagine this other mother but no he it was real he knew it was real and was expecting her to turn up yep um she does say she was uh, she's one of the real murderers having killed anybody who tried to harm her son so mm-hmm. um that's the only reason that i'm like well i do you know i that that's why i think she killed warren to me but mm-hmm. i and and uh lila but i don't think she killed the teenage boy because the teenage boy wasn't no. there to harm her son and that's why i think lila probably was more likely the yeah. murderer in that case um but again the world may never know because norman um in response to hearing all this uh, has poisoned her tea well, gives, just like he did her sister. Yeah, just gives her a specialty, pushes the Lipton aside and uh, gives her a specialty. And then um, I guess can't wait for the tea to take hold. Yeah, I mean, he really <laughs> just... didn't need to put poison in the tea because then he bonks her over the head with a yeah. shovel. Yeah. yeah. And then he carries her dead body upstairs to mother's room and talks to himself in her voice and kind <sighs> of takes over the mother personality again as he had previously done which is so sad because yeah uh you know maybe this would have potentially happened anyway just because emma was around and was committing murders and probably calling norman Mm -hmm. um but without mary and lila pushing him yeah yeah i'm not sure if it would have um or maybe others wouldn't have gotten hurt in the process you know mm-hmm. so that is a case of psycho too it's wow. a real mess it's a real mess yeah yeah mm-hmm. um as we mentioned there are some mm-hmm. other um following documentaries in the series um, there's a psycho three and four just to follow up with uh miss spool Mm-hmm. So we learned in, in Psycho 3 that in fact Miss Spool is not Norman's mother. Okay. Miss Spool mm-hmm. killed Norman's father because she was she was jealous that her sister married Papa him. Papa Bates. Yeah, sorry. Papa Bates. That's what I will call him, Papa Bates. Oh, okay. Um, she killed him and she kidnapped Norman because she saw him as the child that she should have had with Norman's father. Mm-hmm. Um, and and kept him for a year before uh, he was finally got back to his mother and uh, Miss Spool was institutionalized. So uh, that's uh, that's that's her story. So she believed that Norman was her child, but she was he was not. Miss Bates was Norman's mother. So that's. I, it's a real messed up family. It's a whole messed up family situation, yeah. especially considering yep. a lot of Norman's problems uh, began after his, you know, his father died and the mother, you know, Norman's actual mother, like clearly had psychological issues as well. This all just collapses in on itself and uh, it's, a, it's a real messed up family dynamic. Yeah. And I, and there's so much to this this family that is not shown in the documentary but in the docuseries of Bates Motel um, mm-hmm. there's a lot and we do you know we've been referencing Norman's mom as Miss ba- Mrs. Bates because that is uh, all she's referenced as in the documentary series but in the Bates Motel docuseries there uh, she, she we learn her first name is Norma so her name is Norma mm-hmm. and then she names her kid Norman already fucked up like that's Oof. just fucked up yeah <laughs> so <laughs> I don't like a very yeah. I mean a, a very strange relationship between the two of them yes yeah 
Which is we not... also learn about um, Norman's half brother as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's if if you'd like to know more, definitely about the the family history and and all of that stuff. I I definitely recommend the Bates Motel series. And and you get to see you know these documentaries are ninety minutes, two hours, you know whatever documentaries. So in the uh, docu series, you do get a better understanding of Norman, and it humanizes him a little more than the the regular documentary series mm-hmm. does so there there's that um because it's a sad case all of it's so sad i mean it's really dealing with a lot of mental health issues um you know obviously it's not okay to <laughs> for norman to kill people but also that's there's a lot behind that besides him just being some cold-blooded murderer so all right anything else before we move on to the next piece of this podcast uh no all right, Brad, you want to tell us about what we're doing next? Because I've definitely got it this week. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. time for Judge, Jury, and Executioner. Okay, so mm-hmm. this week I will be the Executioner, I think. So oh. I'm going to get my crossbow. What the... Claire, Wait, what? how dare you? I thought that's how it worked. Uh, if we have not made it clear enough yet, Claire, we do not believe in capital punishment on this podcast. Yeah. Oh. We don't believe in most fucking uh, um, criminal sentences. Um, what if I just <laughs> wave my crossbow around a bit and look threatening, but I don't actually kill anyone? Uh, well, that's just menacing, and that's also a crime. Okay. Right, so, okay. no. I'll put, I'll, I'll put it away. No, we will not have an executioner on our podcast because it's morally wrong and fucked up. Okay. No matter what Claire right, is so trying I, to do I'm, in her Candyland country. Um, I'm the jury. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. Oh, okay. And we will not have a jury, Claire. We will oh, not. Okay. Because we don't want riffraff on our podcast. We can't just have, okay. can't have people just making decisions. No, that's not how this works. We're going to have a judge, a prosecutor. Prosecution and a defense. Why don't we call it a uh, prosecution defense judge? That's a terrible title. It's what garbage. Yeah. yeah. When I say those words, it feels like there's garbage in my mouth. Yeah. Like, mm. like, like a, there's a hefty bag that has sprung a leak into my mouth. Oh, no one wants that. Prosecution defense judge. Ugh. <laughs> terrible. Ugh, I need to drink a coffee now. Mm. Ugh. Get that, get that garbage out taste out of your Ugh. mouth. Ugh. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Uh, the segment is called Judge, judge Jury, Jury and Executioner. Executioner. It sounds cool. Deal with All it. Alright, so I'm the judge then. No. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. No. no. Uh, this month, uh, Tammy, you are judge. Yes. I will be prosecution, and Claire, you will be defending Norman Bates. Oh, he's a hero. Oh. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out if he's a hero or if he's just not guilty, <laughs> which doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> someone's a hero either. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to my courtroom, guys. Hey. You look lovely today, Judge. Thanks. Your hair is so soft and wavy. Oh, you can tell it's soft. I, I don't want you touching it because yeah. there's a pandemic. Uh, 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 objection. So. Objection. <laughs> uh, the defense is touching the judge's hair. <laughs> I am uncomfortable. I am uncomfortable. (laughs) I mean, if the judge didn't know I was touching it until I said I was touching it, it doesn't really count. It counts twice as much. Uh, Yeah, you were like behind (laughs) me. I didn't notice you walk up behind me to stroke my hair. It was very... Secret hair touching is a bigger crime than hair touching. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, boy. This is going to be one of those cases today. All right, guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and, and get started then uh brad why don't you go first let us know what this case is going to be about 
friends, this documentary was interesting. I this documentary, uh, I feel it was a very flawed representation of what happened, and I feel like the evidence is quite clear that Norman Bates is a dangerous murderer, and he has to be stopped. We must bring him to justice. And what's happening in this documentary is a wild perversion of the truth. Oh. Uh, I am bringing charges against Norman Bates for the murder of Warren Toomey, Josh with an asterisk by his name. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure. That teen. Teen Josh. Teen, teen kid. <laughs> teen kid Josh. Teen kid Kim? <laughs> no, she's alive. Oh, she's alive. Yeah, I forgot. Huh. Curious. Curious that the defense has no idea who's alive and who's dead in this case. Hmm. Very curious. Um, also, for the murder of uh, Emma Spool. Okay. And uh, Lila Loomis. Okay, so four, four charges, all of murder. Warren Toomey, Josh Asterix. Oh, sorry, Tim and uh, also uh, uh, Dr. Bill Raymond. Almost forgot about the doctor. Oh, okay. So you are charging mm. Norman Bates with Dr. Bill Raymond's death as well. Right, correct. I am not charging him for the death of Mary because I do believe, I, though I believe uh, Norman is partially responsible for her death, the cops are clearly the murderers in that case. So I'll, I'll let that one go. Sorry, I'm having to grab okay. my gavel. It was like, it was a little further out of reach than I anticipated. <laughs> and I know I might need it. So, <laughs> all right. So Warren Toomey, Josh, Asterisk, Teen Kid, Emma Spool, Lila Loomis, and Dr. Bill Raymond. So that is five, five, uh, uh, five counts of murder is what you're charging. Okay. Um, any, I just want to make sure for... For all of us here in the courtroom, are there any varying degrees? Like, do you think any of them are manslaughter versus first degree or anything? Like, are you dealing with any of that, or are you just saying it's murder? It doesn't it's, matter what kind it is. Yeah, it's it's just <laughs> it's straight up murders. Okay, I just wanted I to make oh, sure. <laughs> I'm I'm here I'm here to get justice and and clear the air on on some some terrible injustices and slights that have been done against uh, Mary and Lila Loomis. Okay. So, um, I'm not here to play a game of degrees and to okay. try, I'm not here to try to, like, uh, finagle this case, um, in some way where I can win brownie points. I'm here to get justice for, uh, the victims. Okay. Well, my cat is very excited about your, your statement, Brad, because she's screaming outside my door right now. I think she's excited to get this case going. Oh. Does she think I mean, that she, Norman is guilty? <laughs> she did train in cat court, so, hmm. you know, she's she's excited. Well, she's not the judge today. I am. So, back up. <laughs> All this right. isn't Jellicle Court? <laughs> this is not Jellicle Court. I'm a grumble cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why was there not a Jellicle song about a little fancy lawyer cat? <laughs> 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 all right, uh, Claire. Uh, hey, what do you have to say about all of these murder charges? <sighs> just Nothing out of trash murders. is what it is. What? Just out of trash. Whoa. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> first of all, Dr. Bill, um, why was it that when the police came in and killed Mary Loomis, Dr. Bill's blood was found on the knife in her hand? Brad, what about that? Huh? <laughs> How you like them apples? Because she finally got the murder weapon away from Norman Bates before the police murdered her. 
nope, 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 nope. When they <laughs> did the autopsy on Dr. Bill, they worked out that it could only have been a teenser little person that stabbed Dr. Bill from the, the uh, stab angle um, and not a giant of a man. First of all, like um, Norman Bates. The- uh, excuse me, I'm still talking. Excuse me, Judge. Judge. Uh, I object. <laughs> I object to these ridiculous. Uh, okay. Um, I, I am. I'm going to order in the court right now. We've got thank you, thank you. so many to get to. So how about, okay. <laughs> Claire, why don't you just run through yours, your defense of these five murders? And uh, okay. Brad, I I cannot wait to, to hear your responses. So, oh, okay. uh, but I am going to wait. I am going to wait because I, <laughs> I'd like to hear because I, I think it gets a, a little confusing sometimes when we jump um, all the cases around. So I'd like to just, at okay. least for the opening stage, statements and then uh, I'll I'll let it be a bit more open of a courtroom. How about that? All right, Claire. Well, the the prosecution said that that he feels it's a flawed representation and wild perversion of the truth. I would like to know his evidence for this because he didn't present any. Well, we'll, Uh, we will we will hear from from the and we'll hear from him. Let let me, the judge, do my job, (laughs) and I will allow. In terms of in terms of little little kid team Josh, um, the prosecution doesn't even know this guy's name. So why should we care that he was murdered? (gasps) Because Objection. Like, you don't even know his name. Is he even a real person? <laughs> Does he even exist? Um, Objection. Uh, Teens are people. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will have to agree with prosecution. Teens are people. So, If Lila Loomis and Mary Loomis had nothing to do with, um, with these murders and it was all Norman, then why was their DNA and fingerprints found on the mother costume that they hid in the bottom of the motel or in the house, I should say, uh, in the, in the fruit cellar? Their DNA was all over it. Why was Mary wearing it? Um, at the end of this documentary when she lost her life. In terms of Warren Toomey, there's no proof. In terms of Emma Spool, um, we don't know he was trying to kill her. Maybe he gave her a cup of tea when she arrived and then he thought, oh crap, I put, I didn't put tea in it, I put rat poison. And so he was trying to bonk her on the head to get her to spit up the tea and not be poisoned. Sorry. Uh, he took okay, he carried her upstairs. Sorry. He carried her upstairs and he put her into bed so she would feel better. I just want the I just want to make sure the court reporter um captured crickets in the courtroom. Like <laughs> <laughs> so you just uh, check. Okay, yeah, looks good. Looks good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so and uh, you got absolutely no evidence, Brad. Uh, okay, wait, I, and Lila Lila in your face. Why, what did you have to say about Lila? Oh, he didn't do it. Just, just he didn't do it. There's, is there a defense <laughs> yeah. there? Um, defense attorney? Is there a defense there? <laughs> <laughs> he was elsewhere in the in the house um, when she was murdered. He said so. D- did he? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, okay. Um, wow, that didn't quite work out the way I thought it was going to. <laughs> I mean, that's what I aim for. Can you close fuck off? <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know which one you want to start with here, Brad. Well, uh, first of all, I, I have to respond to the first point the defense made about uh, an autopsy being able to tell that a small person um, was the person that uh, attacked uh, uh, Dr. Raymond. Um, according to the police's version of events, 
Um, they say that Mary accidentally stabbed uh, Dr. Raymond and he fell down the stairs onto the knife. So I like already the, the wound pattern and how you would work that out. Um, wild. And also, I don't know, from who are they getting this story they've concocted? I, there is no one living that could tell this story. So, I, they're putting this together from uh, the, the strange tale that they've concocted. What I would like to suggest is a much simpler line of events. Norman Bates, as we know, had a mental breakdown and murdered people in the past. Due to Reagan-era budget cuts, he was released from the mental institution probably before he was ready. Also, he was released back into the same dangerous environment that was not good for his psychological state. Is it more like that Norman Bates had a relapse? and again began a murder spree. Or that other people committed various wild, confusing murders that even from this documentary that is very much written from the police's point of view. Is it possible that maybe this is all nonsense and what we're really doing is just trying to discredit these women and once again prop up the police in this ridiculous story that only serves the police. The police have decided, oh, that girl we killed, she was actually, uh, she was the murderer and her mother, they were the murderers. Uh, absolutely. Please was... explain why she was dressed as mother oh. then and her DNA, there was none of Norman Bates' DNA on this mother costume. I, I do not doubt that absolutely, that Lila Loomis was absolutely trying to put, uh, uh, trying to convince Norman that his mother was back. I don't doubt that. That I absolutely believe. I believe she put a costume there. I believe that she was trying to convince him, trying to get him to uh, uh, lose his grasp of sanity and slip back. I, I don't think that she realized he was already so far gone. And really, she didn't need to do any of this because unfortunately, Norman wasn't ready to be re-released to society. You know, she was through a lot, she went through a lot of trauma. Her sister was murdered by Norman Bates. There's no question of that. We know that for a fact. So, yes. She wasn't her, her best sister. <laughs> I, I don't know if I know that relationship all that well to determine if it was the best sister or her worst sister. I don't she, how many sisters does she have? Um, I don't know. I think there was at least six. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a real seven brides for seven brothers situation. Oh. So, I, regardless of whether it was her, her best or fifth best sister, <laughs> um, it was clearly a very tragic event. She went to great length to try to keep uh, Norman institutionalized. Well, you know, and we can definitely agree or disagree uh, about that choice. Sure. Uh, but what we- I disagree. You, you disagree that okay? Um, you believe Norman should have been kept. I disagree kept in that we could agree or disagree. Oh, okay. Well, knock yourself out with that. Um, <laughs> we know that Mary was originally part of Lila's plan, but clearly, clearly, uh, she became sympathetic to Norman and tried to thwart her mother's plans. We know this. We we even even from the cops' point of view, they've even agreed that yeah, the guy at the hotel saw saw them arguing about this. Uh, Mary was against it. Mary uh, vouched for uh, Norman, made up an alibi uh, so that he couldn't have been involved uh, with the murder. But 
I, I think we know that it's much more likely that Norman Bates was the murderer of teen Josh, asterisk. Um, because who, we've tried to figure it out. We've tried to say, did Lila murder him? Was it, was it, uh, was it Miss Spool? Who was it? Who was the murderer? So I think we know who the murderer is. why was Miss Spool at the house that night? Why was Miss Spool at the house that night? Yeah, after all these murders took place, why did she go to the house to speak to Norman? That's a great question. Maybe Norman lured her there. Why do the phone records show, uh, the, the recorded phone messages have her voice and Lila's voice and messages? Mary's voice? Uh, the ones I'm presenting to the judge right now. Oh. There you go, judge. Wow. There you go. Some hard evidence. They're all on cassette. <laughs> I'm Enjoy. not sure how I'm supposed to play these, but thank you. Um, thank just you trust these. me when I say what's on them. Oh, um, hmm. I will take it into consideration, but without actually being okay. able to listen to them. <laughs> it's a little difficult. I would like to know why Emma Spall went to Norman Bates' house that night that she lo- she accidentally lost her life. I would too. Um, do we have a, um, so, a question about that? Uh, let's talk about that for a second. Um, if Norman Bates didn't murder Miss Spool, um, I, I don't understand why. Can we point out that he poisoned her with the same tea that he used to poison his mother? Accidentally. Accidentally. He offered that yeah. tea to Dr. Raymond when Dr. Raymond uh, came to visit. Yeah, which was accidentally. He knew exactly what he was doing. There was other tea in the house. There, well, he he did actually push the other tea out of the way to get to that tea. Okay, um, let's let me let me summarize a little bit here, and then let's back up because I I feel like we've we've somehow lost our way with the five different murders, um, just because they they are separate. Uh, th- th- I'm going to be judging them all separately, so. I, I understand, Brad, what you're you're saying is that one Norman probably should not have been let out of the institution as early as he was. Maybe he was not ready to be put back in society. And also, two, if he was being released, he probably should not have been allowed to go back to the same home where um, the previous murders had taken place. Uh, and you feel that this documentary is here to um, misconstrue the truth in your eyes and... Uh, prop up the police department and we're seeing a lot of these cases through the eyes of the police. I just want to make sure that's correct. Correct. So with all of that being said, I would like to start at the top with Warren Toomey. You claim that Norman Bates killed all of these people. Yes. Um, and to Claire's point, Claire said, "What is your proof that Warren that that uh, Norman killed Warren Toomey?" Mm-hmm. So first, and the motive. Uh, well, the motive. Uh, they he had made his his motel a a sleazy adult hotel. Like they had had and arguments. And he fired him. And he fired him. Yes, he did. And so, if he was going to murder him, why wouldn't he just murder him? Why would he fire him in the first place? Well, because he fired him, and then as he was leaving, um. A Again, Toomey, who is, who is, uh, like, listen, we all agree, Toomey's a fucking monster. He's, he's terrible, he's gross, like, he harassed Mary at the diner, he harassed Norman at the diner diner after getting fired, um, and then as he's packing up his things, he's yelling at Norman, he's calling him a lunatic, like, he is absolutely, he's, he's provoking him, like, and again, this is, I mean, if that's not a motivation for Norman, whom is a murderer, to murder someone, I feel like you're playing with fire on that one. I don't think I it's mean, some mystery as to why. Have you never heard the saying sticks and stones
bones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. I mean, it's just like, just shake it off, Norman. Whatever. I, I w- so he's calling you some names. Listen, I... Whatever. Yes, I agree. Maybe Norman's not capable of shaking it off. And I think, uh, I think history will show that's probably kind of the case. Um, I mean, in the, in the, 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 I ask the sacred words of Taylor Swift, shake it off. Is, is there more motivation <laughs> for either uh, uh, Lila or uh, um, Emma Spool to have murdered uh, Warren Toomey than Norman Bates? Um, yes, because uh, em- Emma Spool wanted to murder anyone that would bring harm to Norman Bates. And so if Toomey was threatening uh, Norman, then she would get him out of the way because he was threatening who she thought was her little baby. Isn't it just as likely that Norman, was who was being threatened, uh, would murder the person that's threatening him, whether he disambiguates and uh, takes on the persona of his mother protecting him, as he did previously. We know he did this previously. I mean, I, I think it's the same no, motivation he's, in that he's case. cured. They said he's cured, so no, it wouldn't. I, I just think this is a, a really stretch. I think this is a huge stretch to blame to blame the women in this. I think <laughs> I think if we go back to the original case, uh, we'll see that um, there was immediately this twist of being like, oh well, he it was he was uh, upset about his mother. There's there's the cops in this town have been blaming women for Norman Bates murder sprees for decades. And they're keeping it going. Okay. All right. Let's let's move on to Josh Asterisk Teen Kid. Um, let's I mean, see. This is uh, Claire. You said, "Why would he kill?" Uh, we don't. <laughs> what? Why would would we even count this kid's death as a murder? Yeah. We don't even know his name was part of your uh, <laughs> yeah. defense. What and I'm also, is, um, there is no record of this this boy's name or that he was a victim. So I don't think he existed at all or died. I think they put this into documentary to spice things up a bit. Oh, so you think this is a faux death? Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, Brad, what do you have to say? Crisis actor. I, I, a crisis actor. Whoa. Okay, Claire. That's. Uh, I feel like you're really. I feel All like right. you. You know. You. If you could pull it back, I'm trying to help you out. <laughs> Maybe just pull back a little bit. <laughs> um. Hmm. Well, um, to respond to the Alex Jones of True True Crime podcasting. Yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> I really thought we had turned a corner, but I'm not sure we have. I'm not listen, sure we have. I, 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 if, if we want to say that this documentary is, is filled with ridiculous propaganda, oh, I'll agree to that, sure. But this murdered teen, I don't know where your records come from, Claire. I don't know where these answering machine messages that we never saw an answering <laughs> machine at any point. I didn't say there are answer she messaged us said they were phone recordings um <laughs> I, you know what was point, recording his phone calls at one point huh? uh dr raymond asked uh these awful fucking small town cops uh if if uh, if they could get up the phone tapped and they said no we can't do that um so i don't know who- they couldn't do it because it was already tapped Oh. By who? By the police. That's why they said to him, oh, we can't do that. It's because they were already tapping it, Brad. I bribed the police and I got the tapes. Oh. 
If the tapes <laughs> showed what you think they show, why wouldn't they be released until now when you mysteriously I have don't the tapes? Know. Are you saying the police always do what's right, Brad? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying quite the opposite. <laughs> the police make some terrible decisions. Agreed. This is just one more that they made until I bribed them and they made another terrible decision. They took my money because, haha, it was fake. I'm, but I'm, uh, I managed to get I'm these tapes. I'm to uh, strike these fake tapes from the record, which doesn't matter because we can't listen to them anyway. I can't, I can't listen to them anyway. And I don't know, even if they, if I was able to, like, if I had a tape player that I could listen, a cassette player that I could listen to them on, now that I understand the way that you've, uh, retrieved these tapes, I don't know if uh, they're admissible in court, Claire, because you bribed the police department <laughs> with, with fake, fake money. money. So I didn't really bribe I, them. It was fake money. You did, though, and I feel like that makes them inadmissible in court. I... And I'm concerned. Also, I did make counterfeit money. As and well. I, yeah, I'm very concerned that I uh, might could, have to hold you in contempt, and uh, we well, might have to put you in trial. Your, your honor, your honor, if I could intercede, <laughs> um, uh -huh. I just want to say, uh, pulling uh, capers on cops. I don't think people <laughs> consider that a crime. Oh, we're pro cop capers. So I, I am, but that's I just why don't I, know if I can, know. if that could be admissible in court. Honestly, uh, but I, but I think the greater point that these cops can will easily lie or be bribed. I think only bolsters my case. <laughs> um, but I do encourage anyone to screw over cops. I, yeah. I just wanted to say that for the record. Well, if the cops can lie, and if they said that Mary accidentally stabbed. Dr. Bill and he fell over the stairs and that's why the knife went in then they could have lied about that and then Mary killed him on purpose Brad hoisted by your own petard <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, let's move on to Emma Spool. I gotcha, I gotcha. Okay, so Emma Spool, uh, Claire, mm -hmm. your defense was we didn't know he was, he didn't know he was, we, whatever. He wasn't trying to kill her. What happened was it was a, a comedy of errors. <laughs> It's what you're. It's the defense of a comedy bears. You say that he accidentally poisoned her tea. Realized it was poison, so he was taking the the uh, shovel to hit her in the head, so it would help spit out the tea. But he hit her yeah. too hard and accidentally killed her. No, no, no. We no, no, no. Oh, he didn't okay. hit her too hard. Oh. I mean, she. It just kind of. It didn't kill her. It knocked her out. Oh. Then he picked her up and he took her upstairs and put her in bed because he was worried. Um, and he was going to get her some help and, like, make her feel better. And then she accidentally died. How did she accidentally die? Because he accidentally poisoned die? her. Oh. Because he accidentally poisoned her. So she did she, the shovel, the shovel to the head didn't help her spit out the tea? Is this what you're trying to say? <laughs> no, but it also didn't kill her. It was the poison. That he gave her. He was trying to help her. Okay. He accidentally poisoned her. So it's manslaughter at best. He accidentally poisoned her. Then he tried to save her life, but he wasn't able to save her life. That's what he was trying to do. Brad, I don't... Is there anything you want to add? To no, I feel good okay. about this one. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, Lila Loomis, let's say. Uh, your your um, defense for Lila was, he didn't do it. <laughs> he was out. <laughs> he, he was elsewhere he in the it, house. Okay. He was if he killed her and he buried her under that pile of coal, then why, when he followed Mary into that room, did he slide around on that pile of coal like he was Bambi on the ice and reveal that he'd killed her mother. Why would he do that? Because he didn't kill her. He didn't know she was there. He was as shocked as anyone. Um, I point out that pile of coal in that room for that furnace. Mm -hmm. 
in Southern California. Yeah. Why do they mm-hmm. have so much coal and a giant furnace in Southern California? What is the purpose of this furnace other than to burn up bodies? Because guess what? To toast marshmallows and make s'mores? I feel like you, you don't need a giant furnace for that. Also, that's not how you do that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have s'mores in England. I don't know what a s'more is. What? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You definitely don't do it like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I will point out that um, California in the 80s was not as hot as California is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it also, does he's get getting on a bit. He's, a, he's an there. aging gentleman. He wants to warm his bones at night. I still feel that's a lot of coal and a huge furnace. Well, I mean, I'm just going to point to a previous... Um, case, which is the case of the McAllisters. Did you see how big their furnace was in the basement? That also was in a much cooler climate. That was climate. about 12 yeah, times as in, big that as this like furnace. in Chicago, right? Yeah. The Windy mm-hmm. City. Known for its snow. <laughs> yeah. But that was about 12 times as big as this furnace. They also had mannequins in, in their basement. That was a I feel like that's not horrors. a case to ever reference. I don't... Okay, fair enough. Uh, that's okay. Um, Alright, so uh, Brad, your point is, there's something shady going on because they had a lot of coal in a giant furnace I, and why would they have it because other than to burn up bodies claire you said he didn't do it he was elsewhere he didn't know she was dead in there otherwise he wouldn't have been like shuffling all over the coals and he <laughs> likes the furnace there because it warms his bones that night <laughs> yeah maybe he always dreamt of being a train driver and he likes to pretend he's oh i'm shoveling I'm the coal in the furnace and driving so a know. choo-choo train <laughs> who knows <laughs> we don't know um all right. And then Dr. Bill Raymond, uh, I think we this is where we kind of lost our way just a little bit because with Dr. Bill Raymond, Claire says, why was it they found the knife with her fingerprints, her her DNA on it? And also you, this is where you had referenced that, I think you meant forensics, but you said that the medical examiner, which I think are two different oh, departments. Oh, I meant the forensics. Because, yes. yeah, the medical examiner is just going to say if they were stabbed or how, what their cause of death was, but the forensics, I think, is what you're saying is they yes. determined that it was a small person who stabbed uh, Bill Who was Raymond. at least two foot smaller than uh, Oh, Norman that's Bates. quite smaller. That's a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. He's a tall I guy and she's a very short woman. That's, but that's, uh, okay. I mean, I'm I'm a pretty short person, and there's not a lot of people that are two feet taller than me. Maybe a foot, <laughs> but two feet. That's, okay, a foot maybe. It's like a it's like a giant person. <laughs> that's a, I, I question everything about these cops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe they did. If you're saying that in their records, the forensic records, they, they said it was two feet smaller. I said at least two. Did feet. you describe least... these forensics experts? Okay. By the way, I'm I'm just I'm gonna put it in there. I'm gonna say that that is what the forensics said that's the that's what you you are claiming that they said this person was two feet smaller mm-hmm. than dr bill Raymond, at, least. at least um and and then brad this is where you talked about the uh the cops that this documentary is based on the cops being propped up and that um Correct. you know so so that's where we went down that all right okay. um, also i'd like to can i just yeah, um, add please. one please. one last piece of evidence here yep um no. the height of norman bates is six one and a half. Yeah. Um, and the height and her height is, is four five, one and six. a half. Five six. No, four and a four point. Yeah, there's there's no way in any world that it was two more than two feet or even two feet. So 
as a short person, <laughs> I know this. <laughs> I can't ever tell what someone's height is, but I know it's not two feet. <laughs> She's five six, you say, Brad? Yes, that is correct. Just I'm putting this as part of my notes. Okay. This is a lot of stuff. Is there anything else you guys want to share before I, I make some determinations here? There's a lot to go through, so I, I'm going to just a moment. everything I have, all my evidence, okay. and, and my heart. Oh, okay. Um, um, Brad, anything? Yeah, just a closing statement real quick. Um, mm-hmm. i just like to say, uh, again, this is a wild miscarriage of do- justice that's been going on for decades in this community. Uh, these cops have been going out of their way to uh, frame women for the murders caused by Norman Bates. Does Norman Bates uh, have uh, mental issues? Yes. Uh, but these police are going are just going to ridiculous lengths to blame other people. They're trying to give him a way out of it. It's an old boys club. This is a small town. Like, this is shifty as fuck. And I, I feel like this whole documentary is part of the problem. Trying to blame three different women for the crimes of Norman Bates. It's a much simpler solution when you realize that Norman Bates killed these people. It's unfortunate, but he's the murderer here. Nope. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you to both of you. This has Thanks. been um, a lot. So <laughs> the the documentary and the case itself is a lot. And this court case was a lot and, and more than I anticipated for sure. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to go back to my chambers <laughs> for a moment, maybe have a stiff drink and review these notes and uh, I'll get back with you soon. Have All have right. a have a good time to yourselves, guys. <laughs> oh. Oh. Hey, Brad. Hey, what's up? How did you think you did? I think pretty pretty well, pretty well. I mean, I've been studying for months for this case. Oh, I mean, it feels like you spent a lot of that time just bribing cops. <laughs> I mean, is it bribing if what you're bribing them with is not real? Yes. Yeah. Is it? Oh yeah, though? definitely, definitely. But Brad, but Brad, 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 is it though? Yeah, definitely. I mean, no, I, no, I listen, I, bravo. No. Like, I I appreciate you screwing them I over. I thought you'd appreciate the cop capers. Oh, I love a cop caper. Like, t- teach those fools a lesson. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. still a crime, definitely. Yeah, it's it's very bad. Oh, okay. It's worse on them. Um, Because not only mm-hmm. have they been corrupted, uh, they've also got nothing to show for it. Absolutely. Egg on their it's face. how I like it to be. Egg on their face. Exactly. But still absolutely terrible in a crime. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, those fools. Yeah. By the way, Brad, here's, uh, here's $100. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Is yeah. this real? Enjoy. Uh, it is if you want it to be. I don't think that's how things work. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Um, guys. Oh, hi, Judge. Hey. Um, were you just giving Brad fake $100 bills? Uh, yeah, I have, no. I have a new charge I'd like to bring against uh, <laughs> I, the defense. Look, Claire, cop capers, fun, good. I mean, your fellow this is what we call lawyer a Brad caper. caper. No, that's not nice. It's a couple's that's not caper. nice. I mean, you know. I'm sorry, Judge. All right. I'm very concerned about you, Claire. <laughs> some of the things... <laughs> I mean, some of the things you, you bring... Crisis actor? Come on, Claire. <laughs> is... <laughs> all right, all right. Let's... It's what Mother told me to say. Oh! Oh! oh. Okay. Let's go ahead and... um. I... There's some things. There was some things. Uh, so let's... I'm, I'm starting with the first one and just working my way through, okay? So, uh... The case of Warren Bates being guilty or not guilty of killing War- or sorry, Norman Bates being guilty or not guilty of killing Warren Toomey 
I I say not guilty. He um, yes. he did, even though Warren was an asshole, uh, Norman fired him. And this was early on in his release, uh, so he was not under as much pressure at the time. So I don't think he had quite uh, snapped yet. <laughs> so I'm saying not guilty. Um, and the case against Josh Asterisk Teen Kid, this was hard. I went back and forth on this. I'm gonna say not guilty because we never found the body. I don't know how we can- If he even existed. No, no. Well, Claire, I know he existed because Kim Asterisk Teen Kid knows that he existed. So. I think her pants might be on Did they not find the body in the swamp? I don't think so. They found Toomey's body in the swamp. They found the car and his body was in the trunk. Yeah. So I don't remember them ever finding Josh. I I think that's also why we can't remember their name. They were like in and out very quickly in this documentary. <laughs> hmm. Seems like the cops are very bad at their job. Um, Emma Spool, Claire... <laughs> <laughs> Even if what I judge? wanted to say manslaughter, this is why I got. This is guilty, by the way. This is why I got from Brad. Uh, wh- if the charges were specific against first degree, second degree manslaughter, he said it's a, it's for everything. It's for it's covering all of it. So even if mm-hmm. it were manslaughter, he is still guilty as charged oh. for the, the murder of Emma Spool, uh, Lila Loomis. Uh, this I also went back and forth with. Um, I typed guilty and not guilty, and then guilty and then not guilty <laughs> multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> nice. Um, and I'm going to say not guilty, and I will tell you why. <gasps> not because of this ridiculousness that, oh, he was like slipping on those coals, so it must have happened. <laughs> That's not a. I mean, that could be him acting. <laughs> He's not guilty. <laughs> but. Per the reenactment, and that's really what I'm going by here, is she she was genuinely in shock of who came to murder her, and I don't think she would have been surprised if it was Norman. Mm-hmm. And she was on the floor, so someone possibly like an Emma Spool, who is a little smaller of a who's as we had mentioned earlier, uh, is small. <laughs> Could small? have S M O L is small. She uh, definitely could have killed Emma. Her. Small Emma Spool was small. Uh, she she uh, I am saying that while I'm not saying Emma Spool is guilty because she's not on court or on trial here, but um, I'm saying that most likely I think she murdered Lila and not Norman. Doctor Bill Raymond. Okay, I don't believe this bullshit that. <laughs> that the person who murdered him was uh, two feet smaller. (laughs) (laughs) They were really small. But um, I'm going to say guilty and here's why. I feel like Norman, uh, well... I think that he was in a bad position, like, and he actually did kind of attack Mary, and since we don't know the full scope of what happened, as Mary did not, uh, obviously she couldn't go to the cops and explain her side of things because the cops killed and, you know, killed her, the only person that actually told us or told the police what happened was Norman. So I th- and? I think that he actually did see um, Bill Raymond, 
sneak up on Mary. And I think that he was like, it's very possible <laughs> that he was concerned for his friend, this person who had now been with him more than his doctor, trying to help him in his eyes. And I think he killed Dr. Uh, Bill Raymond. Okay. So, and I do think it's because uh, we are hearing this all from the police police's standpoint. And in this case, specifically with, with uh, Dr. Bill Raymond's uh, murder, we're hearing it from Norman's standpoint, which I find shaky. I don't know how much of Norman at that point we can believe either. So, yeah. So, Emma no. Sewell and Dr. Bill Raymond, guilty. <laughs> Thoughts. The other one's the other not, three, guilty. not guilty. Mm, yay. But very rarely for the reasons you gave. I'm gonna say that, Claire. Very no, it's my math skills. Uh, so, yeah. The, the, you guys both. Very good, good case today. Very good case. Nice. Had me thinking uh, a lot on these. More than nice. I should have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it for the case of, uh, well, this this one documentary about Norman Bates. Who knows? Maybe we'll talk more about some of the cases later, um, some more cases. Yeah. But uh, next time on the podcast, we are going to cover the case of Hedra Carlson in the episode Podcast versus Single White Female. In this city, on this street, in this apartment. Hi, are you Allison Jones? I'm Hedra Carlson. Hedra, that's unusual. When can you move in? An ad for a roommate brought a stranger into Allison's life. Someone. And the beautiful on you. Who shares. What's well, kind of fun having a girlfriend again? Someone. Do you guys know when you'll be back? Uh, no, it's kind of an anniversary tonight. Really? Who cares? Where the hell have you been? <gasps> Making me feel like I'm 16 years old here. <laughs> Someone who borrows. I've got a surprise for you. You've got to be kidding. I love myself like this. It was like looking at myself. It was scary. Someone who steals. Hey, sleepy guy. Ellie? No, I'm not Ellie. Someone who would kill to be her. Possible bloodstains. Gotta help me, Grim. She's a lunatic, Allie. She needs me. How do you lock the terror out? Don't let me come get you! When you've already invited it in. Look at me! Bridget Fonda. I know you weren't yourself when you did this thing. Jennifer Jason Lee. I know. I was you. Single white female. Living with a roommate can be murder. Be careful, she's crazy. So some mm. identity stealing. I mean, a lot of things we've talked about already on this show. Identity theft, murder. So yeah, 
it'll be uh, interesting to discuss. And Brad says you're not that familiar with this case, or as familiar as, as Claire and I are. So Correct. That'll be good. All right, Brad, why don't you tell us who's going to, what, what we're doing in the court next time. What are we doing? All right, so next time for judge, judge jury, jury, and executioner, executioner as judge, me. Oh. <gasps> Prosecution, Claire. <gasps> and Tammy, Whoa. you will be defending. <laughs> I'll be defending Hedra Paulson. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, anything else uh, for the case of Psycho 2? Fuck those cops. Um, yeah. All right. Well, with that, then, I'm going to say. And fuck that fake kid, uh, kid Josh. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> oh Yikes. boy, I feel like like a uh, Kim asterisk teen kid would have a problem with that, but mm. oh. she's fake too. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Well, with all that, we're out. Case closed. Fuck off. Thanks for listening. If you want to send us feedback, you can contact us via True True Crime at reactionary-sass.com. Join our absolutely true true crime Facebook group and follow us at True True Crime on Twitter. Call the SAS line 321-710-4947 and maybe you can help solve a mystery. Our other podcast and individual social media accounts can be found at reactionary-sass.com.